Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings students and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you live from Orange County, California. This is the website, blog, and podcast you come to in order to learn more about different destinations. We come together as a community to discuss different things about those destinations. We travel more and we enjoy life more. That's the purpose of this channel. Now you can always find me on my website at theprofessortravel.com. Incidentally, you can also find me at the Professor Travel at both YouTube and Facebook. On Instagram, it's a little bit different. It's the underscore professor underscore travel. On Twitter, it's the Professor TR1. And if you're a blogger, you can also find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am very honored to have a very good friend of mine, Maine Templeton. She is coming to us live from over on the East Coast. Say hi, Maine. Hi. <laughs> so, Maine, just so my listeners and viewers, the students on, on this channel, get a little bit of a better idea of who you are and what you do, uh, can you give me a little bit of your credentials, maybe just some stuff about your educational background and some places that you've traveled before? Well, I have a, 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 degree, a bachelor's degree in communications, and uh, it took me, I think, about 30 years to get it. Um, <laughs> several schools finally got it from Trinity uh, in 1998, about the same time my daughter graduated. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, where where would I decided to go on this trip because primarily because I have a dear friend I work with uh, who's getting married in in Buenos Aires and oh I, wow yeah he invited me to his wedding and I and I decided I was going to go lovely so awesome that yeah. was the reason for the that was the the impetus for the trip now for purposes of this blog and podcast. Uh, we are going to be going and reviewing two countries. We're looking at both Argentina as well as Brazil. Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. So how long in advance did you have to be able to plan for this trip? Probably too much time. Um, <laughs> seriously, I, I started looking at uh, travel zoops since I, okay, so the wedding was in Buenos Aires, but I didn't want to just go that far to one place. So I found this tour on, on Travel Zoo that included Rio and Buenos Aires, and the timing was just about right, and I said, perfect. And I asked a friend if she wanted to go, and she said yes, and she asked her daughter, and her daughter wanted to go. And she, so, so that was the plan, that the three of us were going on this trip. Now, when I say it, the timing was right, it wasn't quite right, and I had to miss a major part of the tour because of the timing of the wedding. I thought that I could, I, it, to the casual observer, it looked like, oh, I could go there and then hop over here and, and I could make everything on time, but that wasn't the case. It became apparent as I got down to fine tuning it that I was going to have to miss Iwasu Falls. Oh my um, gosh. A main draw. Um, and I did miss it. Okay. But, 
we'll 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 get we're gonna get into that in just a minute because I got some really great ideas about that. Okay. <laughs> but but in preparation for this though, did you need to have any type of a visa or special travel medication no. when you're traveling? No, no. Americans didn't. I, as an American, I didn't need any kind of visa or special um, uh, inoculations or anything okay. like that. Perfect. Okay, so you're getting ready to go to these two countries. What do you pack for? I mean, because I mean, I imagine the weather is going to be very different. Sometimes it could be very cold in some of the southern areas, and it could be very hot and temperate in some of the higher areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, packing is always my biggest stress, and and I have to stop myself and think, stop. You're good at this. You're really good. <laughs> You're good at packing light. You're good at packing right. Don't stress, but nevertheless, I stress. Um, well, I was going into a springtime situation from a winter where we have winter here and they were having spring. So I had to kind of make sure I had some layers. Always, always, always a, a uh, wool cashmere zip hoodie for the, if not, if not the trip, then at least the, the plane and the airport. I mean, I will never travel without one, no matter where I'm going anymore. No, um, no, I know I had to, t- I had a work trip one time going to the Ivory coast and Brussels in mm. winter. So it was tropics and, and I packed it in one small bag. It was kind of a miracle. Um, so, but, but the, as far as packing goes, I keep it simple, mostly black, black and white clothes with a couple of pops of color, um, making sure I have leggings and a pair of shorts. Not that I'm going to strut around in shorts at my age, but you know, (laughs) um, but I'm always worried about being cold. So I want to make sure I'm warm enough, but not hot. Um, and keeping it simple. Two things that you mentioned, I think that are both very good pro tips. And this is a, this goes out to my students as well. Um, I like to pack a hoodie also, and one of the reasons I like to have that on the plane is not just to keep warm, but also the hood itself can sometimes cover my eyes, especially if you're trying to get sleep as you go along through that process. Exactly. So that can be very helpful if you if you use that. And secondly, uh, you made a really good point about coordinating your stuff. You may not need to bring as many clothes if you have just like a standard color palette that you're bringing with you along the way. So if I'm wearing all blacks or all blues or something like that or all grays, you know, those are those are things that are very neutral. And if I'm going on a place, you know, so, sometimes that's great. And like you said, you get you still have that little pop of color and that's great and all. Uh, but it's still if you want to have like five outfits versus 20 outfits, it just, you know, it's much it's much easier to be to be able to do it like that. So thank well, you it for is. bringing that up. And for me, uh, packing black, um, I can just wear a, a, a black cold shoulder top with leggings and throw on some jewelry and it looks like I'm dressed up. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that tackles the, that, that, you know, that handles the, uh, if I have to get dressed up, if we're getting fancy some night, you know, you saw the trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I said, we actually, uh, Mame and myself, we actually went on a cruise a couple of years ago to the Baltics and we had one night where just randomly we decided to do a wine tasting slash anniversary dinner for myself and my husband. And so part of that was I had asked Mame, Hey, do you want to come up? Do you want to come to do this? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And she had something prepared right away. And it's like, it was beautiful. You did a great job. <laughs> yeah. It was not designer. It was, uh, you know, Costco and some good jewelry, <laughs> not even good jewelry, cheap jewelry, but it oh, was good. Stop. No, you, you were fantastic. It was, and it was a great time. I had a wonderful time. So thank you for being there with us. Yeah. That was a great night. Uh, so um, let's talk about the airport and parking situation. 
So which airport do you fly out of? Do you fly out of Dulles or? Oh, I, I do if I have to. And, but I, I tend to not want to. I, I, Baltimore has traditionally been my preferred airport because it's uh, it's simple and it's fairly easy for me to get to. But I'm changing my mind on that. Okay. Um, I, I, I chose to fly out of Baltimore and it, it backfired on me for a couple of reasons. Um, I ended up having extremely long layovers in Miami, and I believe it was as a result of insisting on flying out of Baltimore, which I wasn't insisting. I just didn't have a good travel person to suggest alternatives. Um, but I had a friend take me there, and, and I have Ubered there and back in the past. And okay. it's really, I mean, Uber's fantastic okay. if you don't have a friend. But, you know, <laughs> I have had several friends who in retirement that is their thing they take friends to the airport so so that's 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 what i did oh okay that so that that tells us about your transportation to the airport how long was this trip going to be by the way 10 days well 11 days it was 11, 11 days. days okay but it's it's already going to take a day just to get down there in the first place oh absolutely you spend the night the first night on the plane trying to sleep yeah and uh, speaking of planes let's talk about the flights uh which airline did you decide to take on this trip American. American? Okay. And uh, did you go coach? Did you go business? Did you go first class? What was your... I flew coach and I felt like a sardine wedged into a can or, a, oh. you know, one of many M&Ms in a bag. It was just, I don't think I moved <laughs> the entire time. The, the guy next to me just, they, they were not friendly and they, they didn't move. So I didn't move. It was <laughs> awful. But, but for some reason, and I don't know why this is, on the way back, I was a premium economy. Oh, for, for, a nine hour, for a nine-hour flight. I'd never flown premium economy. I don't know what the cost differential is, but I'm going to be looking into it in the future because it was well worth it. It was just shy of business class comfort, but it was it was a substantial difference. So, And I don't know why that happened. Maybe that travel agent that I just badmouthed was being nice to me. <laughs> well, it's know. travel gods, who they, whoever they are, just looking. Somebody, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're shining down on you because you had a challenge during the first part of the, the first leg of the trip. So there you oh, go. More, more than that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, when you went, it sounds like you went from Baltimore to Miami, then down to, was it to Argentina first? Rio. Or, we no, went to Rio. Rio. Rio was first. Okay. And when you arrived there, um, I'm assuming you didn't have any pre-vacation destinations. You went directly there. Um, what was what were your accommodations like over in Rio? They were great. Uh, you know, we 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 this this tour that I was a part of for much of the trip, not all of it, but for much of it, was um, uh, Gate One Travel, and and the hotel that they had picked. I had to change my plans to to fly into Buenos Aires. Oh, excuse me, we're talking about Rio. Okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Well, Rio was was fine. You know, in my opinion, the unless the room is really bad for some reason, it's it's fine, and it's the least exciting thing about the trip. Um, the twenty third floor on in the hotel overlooked Copacabana Beach. It was spectacular. Wow. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. I got a sunburn day one that. Screwed me up for several days. Oh, no. Yeah, had, right here, I was beat red. Beat. Beat red. But, you know, so my first purchase, I had to go out and find a pharmacy and find aloe. Yeah. And, and aloe is a miracle uh, drug. Mm -hmm. 
um, prevented any kind of peeling or anything and healed it within a few days. But I mean, it was bad. I had somebody say later on the trip, hey, I didn't recognize you uh, with your face not sunburned. Oh, the thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. that. <laughs> but that but that rooftop deck was was wonderful. I mean, it was it was just gorgeous. So you could see you could see and it was a clear day. So you could see for miles. You could see all the little islands dotting the, the bay there or whatever that is. Oh, that's anyway, nice. Yeah, so. And it was it was um, it was a nice room. It was nice. So everything was everything worked. Everything was wonderful. You know, there was nothing there was nothing uh, to note about it. Okay, that's that's cool. And sometimes that's the best way. Pro tip to my students, though, uh, one of the things you might want to consider when prepacking. There's three things I always look at. No, uh, I would say a hat to protect you from the sun. To have some sunscreen with you, even a small amount of sunscreen, just for those occasions, like you were talking about. And three, sometimes it's always good to bring like a little um, travel version of like off mosquito repellent or something like that. If you're going to a place that might have um, bugs or something like that, it might also help. So I just wanted to share that with my students really quick. Um, so how long were you going to be specifically in Rio for in that specific area? It was supposed to be, I believe, four and a half days or so, but I uh, had to cut it short. So I was only there maybe three days. Okay. So uh, Let's talk about the itinerary a little bit. Uh, we'll start to share from Rio, and I'll, I'm going to give you this time to kind of transition us through your vacation. Uh, so let's go maybe day by day. Uh, and if you wanted to share something about what you did in each of those days, including the wedding, by the way, because I'd love to know about that. Um, let, let's let's start with your let's start with your first day in Rio. Okay, first day in Rio, I had to go out and, and see about buying uh, aloe, and also I had kind of scratched the cornea on one eye. So my eye was just weeping and running. So I had to get some eye drops. Oh, you poor thing. Aloe. And I, at that point, my friends were uh, not there yet. So I, I did that. And one of my favorite things to do when traveling, one of my favorite things to do is try and use the language. Now they speak Portuguese in Rio, but everybody seemed to understand Spanish. I, I never learned Portuguese, but I, I've had, much on and off practice with Spanish. And so that was fun for me. That's a, that's a blast for me to, to try and remember how to say something and ask somebody a question. And, and so I, I did that and went out and made my purchases. And then when my friends arrived later that afternoon, I, okay, I had been on the beach for maybe a half an hour, which was perfect for the amount of sun that my skin could take at that point. I'd gone out to a Copacabana Beach and tested the water, which was ice cold, unswimmable. Wow. Well, it'd be like going in the ocean up here on the East Coast in April, cold. <sighs> um, wow, I'm, I'm surprised. You, you always see the pictures of Brazil and how beautiful the beaches are and how gorgeous it looks. But then I keep forgetting, you know, if we're switching the time of year, you know, it's springtime there. So, yeah, yeah it's really yeah, yeah. going to be a little bit chilly. Yeah, and I, and I have to say this about Rio. It's a huge beach culture. Huge. Um, acceptable wear on the street is, a, for a man, let's say, is a black Speedo and flip-flops. And okay. <laughs> do not carry a towel that will mark you as a tourist. You carry a, um, a sarong okay. and strut around in your, in your speedos. Um, they have, uh, they have these stations along the beach. I think there were at least eight in the Copacabana Ipanema area where you, for, for almost no money at all, you can go in, take a shower 
change your clothes. Um, because many people who live a little bit away from the beach will take the metro or a bus into into the beach area and need to they don't want to be all sandy and salty so they so they have these these wonderful showering changing clothes changing stations along the beach which i think is fabulous i don't know why we don't have them here i mean that would be so convenient for if you want to take a day trip to the beach but you know you just don't want to be riding home with sand and salt and grit you know so anyway, but they have, it's a huge beach culture and they, they are very, it's illegal. It is illegal to own, to privatize any of the beach or any other beautiful place in the oh, world, which is amazing. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So you spend your day there. How, what was it? What did you do that evening? I think we had a welcome dinner at a restaurant where I had to eat meat. Um, uh, you know, the, both both Brazil and Argentina are huge meat cultures, and I'm not a big meat eater, but I will eat it. But I didn't, you know. Anyway, we went to <laughs> we went to a place that uh, uh, there was a, a, a piano player um, who who and some of the people in the group would get up and sing songs along with the piano player. The food was was great; it was wonderful. I ate some of the meat. It was like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, but but other people really liked it and. They came and sliced it at your table, and and uh, um, so so that was fun. And the piano player, he's this old guy. The man was brilliant. I asked him if he knew a song that I only heard once in my life in Guatemala, under the most amazing circumstances, and it's called Masaya del Sol. And I asked him if he knew it, and he didn't. But he made me spell it out and looked it up on on his phone, listened to it once and played it. Wow. Played it after listening. He wanted me to sing and I wouldn't sing it, but <laughs> I was just blown away by it. I was like, what a talent to be able to hear something once and then just play it on the piano. Oh, amazing. That's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty impressive. Now, again, for my students, uh, like Mame was saying, and you may not have even had exposure to this, to my students, that is, uh, but Brazilian barbecue, as it's often referred to, are these steakhouses where typically you'll you'll have um, an unlimited supply of meat that's brought to you by the waiters, and it's usually on swords. Uh, they cook them on swords. They will peel them and, and cut them from a sword to you at your table. Um, and usually, the only way to stop that, stop them from coming over your table and and, and and visiting you with that, is sometimes on the table they'll have this. Uh, maybe it's a salt shaker. Maybe it's a little sign. Uh, one side is green, no one side is red. What was that? It'll say no more. It'll say no more. Yeah, exactly. That's that's basically, it's like, please pause or just I quit, whatever. Um, and so, you know, yeah. But oftentimes, even in those Brazilian steakhouses, they'll have like a, a rather robust salad bar or something like that, you know. For oh, you. absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully you didn't have to have too much meat if you're not a, if you're not a big meat eater person, uh, but you were able to hopefully visit the salad bar at least while you were there. Oh, and, and calling it a salad bar is, is really a misnomer because it had everything on it. It was fabulous. It was a huge buffet spread of just about everything you could imagine. Uh, so, so no, meat, you, not eating meat was not a problem. And I, I did eat some, but, you know, it's not, my, it's not my main thing. Yeah. And I know when we get into talking about Argentina, we'll talk a little bit more about the wines over there because I'm certain that you had had some over there. Um, but over in Brazil... What kind of what is the preferred drink over there or what what kind of thing? Oh Lord, there was this 
thing. What? I, 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 God. It sounded like 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 a cousin of Piranha or something, Kutinahas or something. I, you know, I, I hate to disappoint you, Scott, but I don't drink, so I didn't even taste it. But everybody in the group loved it. They 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 ordered. They give us free ones here and there, um, and and then people would want more. It was. Okay. It, I don't know what it was. It was some. But drink. apparently, it was apparently it was pretty popular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very popular, and everybody loved it. And I and and I, everybody kept well. The, they kept telling us that you're going to mispronounce it, uh, and it had it's like it's not Kutina, it's Kutinya or Kunaha or something. I don't I don't really don't remember. I should have written it down. I should have no no no. That's okay. <laughs> at least if my at least if my students hear that, they might be oh okay. Well, that's what that is. <laughs> and I may popular. not be. I may not be the best travelogue person since I don't drink and I don't eat meat and, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, the experience is the important thing. And that's just what, that's I'm what a I bad date. Been. I'm a bad date, too. Oh, no, you're fabulous. I love the time we spent together over in the Baltic. So thank you so much. Um, so, OK, let's move on to your next time. Uh, so what other activities did you do while you were in Brazil? Oh, actually, I did something. My, my travel mates opted not to, but I, I, well, we went up to see the, the Jesus statue on the mountain. We Which did, we cute. did that. And that was, uh, the, the views are spectacular from up there. And it's a, it's a very touristy thing to do. And it's loaded with tourists, packed with tourists. Um, and we did that. But the thing that I really enjoyed, um, was a tour of the, um, they call them samba schools, but that's another misnomer. What it is, it's an association of people, and there are 104 of them, that compete during carnival. Oh, wow. And, and so they're not really schools. They're more like associations. And, and what, we, what we got was a tour of the place where they build the floats mm -hmm. and make the costume, which... I was completely stunned by. We were not allowed to take pictures of certain things, especially current production. But we were allowed to take pictures of. Uh, they had they had an area with uh, uh, photographs and drawings of previous years things, and and, and also three dimensional previous years costumes. Oh wow! Pictures of. But the thing that amazed me, I I really I've been to Mardi Gras in New Orleans twice. And, but I've never been to Carnival, and I never really – I always figured Carnival in Rio was kind of like uh, Mardi Gras, maybe on steroids, but who, who knows? Because I didn't have that much interest. But once I saw what they do, they have a stadium built for the competitions, specifically for this competition of the floats and the costumes. They show, There was a wall of 28 drawings of costume for each one of those 28, and we're talking – Feathers and beads and 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 dramatic uh, whatever you can add in there. One hundred of each of those drawings. One hundred of those costumes with the headdresses and the sequins and the the see through this and the it was I, I was I was blown away by it. I was blown away by it and I can't wait to uh, you know see what happens this carnival season. I'm sure I'll be able to see it on YouTube, but it was, it was an amazing tour. It really was. I, I was so glad to go there. Would you go back? Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Two other things I want to ask you about really quick. Um, one, 
<clears throat> I keep hearing about Brazil's crime issues. Uh, what, what kind of precautions were you taking when you were down there? Or did your tour guides talk to you about the crime, the criminal element that was in that area? Well, you know, I, I teach women's safety uh, as part of my regular job. So it's, I'm pretty inculcated in the things that you do and don't do. Um, and a big part of your own personal safety is your own responsibility. And don't be stupid. You know, don't be stupid. Don't be naive. And, and I did not find, I did not feel in danger ever. Okay. I did not feel threatened ever. Um, but then again, I was not, I was not strolling streets at night in yeah, unknown areas, which is one of the things you should not do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, um, but I, I, I did not feel as though crime was a, was a big issue. Although um, that's not to say it isn't, but it depends where you go, what time you go, how you behave, you know, all of those things. Um, personal responsibility for your own safety is important. Um, and, and, and people need to, to consider that and, I don't know if they can take a course, use common sense, look it up before you go, whatever. But you don't go around at night in unknown places. You don't you don't go around alone. You don't carry a swinging bag off your shoulder. Yeah. There there are things that you don't do. You don't wear flashy jewelry. Uh, things like that. You don't make yourself a target ever. Thank Not you. just in Rio and Buenos Aires, but anywhere. You know, you you just need to be smart about uh, how you carry yourself, where you carry yourself, and what you look like. I appreciate that. And thank you for sharing that information. Mm -hmm. because I think it's really powerful uh, to hear from someone who's more of an expert, uh, you know, because it's just, it's one of those things where some people, they're, they're used to being a certain way here in the States and they're not used to, well, how do I travel or what other things do I do? I do? Because maybe they're safe in their own community, but then outside. And again, maybe I'm just hearing things that are kind of overinflated about what goes on in Brazil um, and Sao Paulo and over in Rio, but it might be something where, you know, if, if you felt safe, it, make, it makes me feel safe. And that's one of the, that's one of the things I like about these blogs is that I get to hear from the personal experiences of what you've done and maybe some of the, some of the things that you've done in order to help benefit uh, yourself and, and, and share that with the rest of the team. So thank you so much for that too. Well, you know, one of the other things that um, we were told a fair amount about in, in Rio uh, was the favelas, the slum areas, which are pretty, I mean, I could see a picture of one right now and know exactly what it was. They, they are, uh, what happens is, is the poor people, they will build of their own accord, they will build a structure. And as the family grows, they build on top of it and beside it to what extent. So you have this, this, uh, like warren of buildings, that are all hooked together and, and, you know, electricity is pirated from wherever. And it's, it's, uh, it's kind of makeshift, but then they, these people also will build another floor on top and, and rent it out. So it's a source of income for them as well. Um, and it seems that it is an, an integral part of the, of the Rio culture. Um, I, I didn't get a feeling of, that these people were necessarily looked down on, um, but it was a, an integral part of the of the culture. And they these favelas, they're, they're, they crept crept into rich areas, poor areas. You know, they were they were all over the place. Um, it wasn't like that's the bad area of town. There were you know they they uh, they were all over the place. So it was kind of interesting to see. 
Cool. And, and that's not to say it's idyllic. They're, they have drug problems and crime problems too. Oh, sure. But, uh, and they're also very multicolored. So, so visually it's really interesting. In fact, we went, we went to a, uh, God, I can't remember where we were, someplace that had an art installation and it was a, like a miniature favela built out of uh, bricks and construction materials and whatnot. It was kind of interesting. Cool. Uh, did you happen to get any reference to the Olympics that were there a couple of years ago? If I did, I don't remember. Uh, then apparently it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> so that's fine. All right. Um, let's continue to go along. Um, what other what other things did you do while you were over there in Brazil that really stood out to you? In Brazil, I, mean, I did something else. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, 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 oh, no, I'm sorry. That was Argentina. That's okay. Oh. If You know what? We can switch over to Argentina, too, because I know okay. that's a, a bulk of a lot of the stuff that you did, too. How did you get from uh, Brazil to Argentina? Well, I, I booked a separate flight, separate from all my, my travel mates. I booked a separate flight, and I booked myself into the same hotel I would be staying in with, with them. Um, so I missed Iguazu Falls, which was, from what I hear, spectacular. I'm really sorry I missed it. However, and this is the pisser of this whole thing, I found out after booking this trip that I have a work trip going to Brazil and Argentina in March. <laughs> oh, man. And that, uh, I, it's like, wait a minute, I'm spending thousands of dollars of my own money to go someplace that work is going to send me anyway. But that being, that being as it may, um, it also played into uh, easing my soul about missing Iguazu Falls because it's like, well, I will be back in March, so I will try and do it then. Yay. <laughs> so I... I missed Iguazu Falls, and I arrived in Buenos Aires uh, the day before the wedding. It was a Friday. Okay. And um, let's see. The hotel was just as nice as the one in Rio. Um, didn't have a 23rd floor to look out on the seacoast, though. <laughs> well, you get a little spoiled on that, which is fine. But I imagine, though, the culture and the beauty of the location was still just as nice. Well, it, yes, it was. And it was... It was um, uh, very civilized um, uh, compared to some places I've been. Not 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 Rio, but some somebody was very European, shall we say? Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, then I did get to practice more Spanish, which was was great fun. I I walked out. Oh, right in the in one of the landmarks in Buenos Aires is this looks like the Washington Monument. It's and it was right a block away from our hotel. This Big lit up purple Pilot. Washington monument yeah. right there in Buenos Aires. So it's it, it was really helpful as a, as kind of a landmark. Uh, you get a little bit lost, you can you know find your way back. But first day in in um, in Buenos Aires, I walked basically across the street to the Opera House and took a tour of the Opera House and tried to book an opera. Not that I have a great interest in opera, however. Uh, there's a little something that has been triggered in me that says, yeah, you know, I might be interested in seeing an opera. It was this course by Robert Greenberg in the Great Courses uh, catalog that kind of has opened my mind to the possibilities. However, I couldn't do it. The, the standing room only for that night. I could not stand for three hours. 
you know, I just wasn't going to do that. And then the next two nights they were dark. And then the next night uh, uh, I was leaving or something like that. Anyway, the, it didn't work. It didn't work timing wise, but I did get to see the building and tour it. And, and that was, uh, that was a cool thing to do. Um, for, just, just really quick for my students who are not familiar with the term dark, it just means that the plays and shows are not running at all during that time. It's, it's a general term that they use in that theater. So. Yeah. 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 They were dark. Um, uh, let's see what else. Okay. So I went shopping. I went, uh, uh, wandering the streets and using my Spanish to find out where to go to. And, and it was great fun. I mean, I, I can't emphasize enough how much I love that. Um, uh, I really can only do it well in Spanish and French, but I have done it in Arabic and, and, and a little bit of Greek one time. And anyway, so I practiced my Spanish and I went shopping mm-hmm. And I, I bought a few things, and this was the day before the wedding. Okay. So the day of the wedding, I decided I hated the shoes that I had brought. I had I brought these shoes. I'd never really worn them, but I had bought them at a thrift shop. They were pricey shoes that I'd found at a thrift store for a shoot on House of Cards that I was going to do. And I hated them. So I went out into the streets and found the shoes that you'll see in that slide that you had the picture of me in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the shoes that I found. So I went shoe shopping in, in Buenos Aires and it was, it was great fun. And I found the perfect shoes and, and uh, I guess that was my big score for the day. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you obviously went to the wedding, I'm sure, which was fantastic. Um, uh, and, and you got some great pictures, including the one we showed earlier. Uh, what other things did you happen to do while you were over there? In Buenos Aires? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you. If you want to see the handsomest, sexiest man on the planet, you're going to have to go to Buenos Aires because he is there. I don't know his name, <laughs> but I'm going to hunt him down in March. <laughs> I hope you got a number. <laughs> I have, I told my tour guide, I said, you're my only hope. Could you please go back there and find out his name or anything about him? He's got to be on the web. Why he is not the poster in the airports for Giorgio Armani and, and all these other high end people who have these sexy looking models. They got nothing on this guy. This guy, literally, I am 68 years old and I have never, ever seen a man more handsome than this guy. Never. Me? Aw. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's a no. I'm 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 happy you had an opportunity to do some sightseeing while you were there. Wait, 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 wait. But let me let me expand on that a little bit because that was not the point of the of the excursion. What it was was a dinner and a tango show. Now, Argent Argentine tango. You know, everybody associates those two words together here, but really that that's that's. Uh, a false and outdated notion. Nobody in Argentina, except the people who put on shows, do the tango. That was from a bygone era, and nobody does it. It's like nobody here does the twist anymore, you know? Uh, or it's, an, it's a dance that was once done by everybody, but not anymore. Except because of the of the, the, the cachet that it has and the reputation that it has, they have these shows all over the place. And we went to this one 
in this, uh, 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 it was a, it was dinner and a show. And the dinner was, I'd say, fine. Um, it was just fine. Uh, nothing really remarkable about it in my, in my view. But the show was spectacular. And not just because of that guy. <laughs> Wish I knew his name. So they <laughs> Diego, you know. Esteban. Um, How's the music? Diago. <laughs> Something. I don't know. How's the anyway, music? So it started out with, um, well, first of all, the hostess was this woman in a 1950s outfit with this spectacular hat. I also took pictures of her. And the show began with a different woman who I could not take my eyes off. She was so good. She was so dramatic, so so filled with joy and emotion over what she was doing. You couldn't take your eyes off her. And, and she was incredible. And, and there were tango dancers. There were like five or five male and five female tango dancers around her while she's emoting and singing and everything. And once that first act was over and I saw that guy, I couldn't see anything else. I, I through the rest of the show, I was just a gog, a gog, like, how can this be? How can someone this good looking exist and not be the most famous person on alive? Anyway, so that was one thing about Buenos Aires. <laughs> <laughs> how was the how was the music as part of the show? Um, it was good. I mean, it was it was it was all in Spanish, so you so I I could catch words, but I missed a lot. Um, but the music itself was what you might expect for a tango show. Um, and I, I I can't speak for any of the other tango shows. I know they have a lot of them in Buenos Aires and who knows where else in Rio, but or in in uh, Argentina. Yeah. But um, it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing, even if it is a touristy thing to do, because it most certainly is. It is a touristy thing to do. Um, there's no question about it. I'm sad to say that. I would have loved to say, oh, yes, we went out to bars and tangoed with this guy and that guy. But no, that's especially not that one guy that you were really hot on. So <laughs> you know, he's probably a third my age, too, you know. Don't let it stop you, honey. Don't let it stop you. <laughs> so no, it's more like the five thousand miles between us that's stopping me. <laughs> All right. So, any other things that we want to touch on uh, as far as Argentina goes before we head on back? Um. Well, n- no, but one thing I do want to say. I don't want this 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 thing to to be over before I say this. One of the things that makes a trip or can make a trip, make or break a trip, is who you're traveling with. Mm. As you know, and and our little group on Deck 19 uh, love it. was an, a total accident. But it to me, it was one of the best parts of the entire trip. Mm-hmm. It really was. I mean, yes, St. Petersburg was indescribable. But the, my favorite part, the part that stays with me in my heart, is the people on the on the trip, and um, and that can work several different ways. So, and, and and you can't always count on on it working out the way you want. So, just be advised. <laughs> be happy with yourself because it might be just you. <laughs> It's true. That's absolutely true. But and, and the thing you're referring to, and just so my just so our viewers get a little bit of an idea as to what that was, we went on a cruise a couple of years ago to the Baltics, and we went to all these wonderful countries, and there's so much stuff to see there. 
But like Min was saying, one of the best things about this cruise was just a little group of people that we had. We were in like a little smoke section and we just sat down and had a conversation and it struck up more conversations. And we started gathering more and more people to the point where that dinner that I talked about earlier in this recording, uh, we had, I think, 12 people show up. It was up about to this. a dozen of us, yeah. Yeah, we had 12 people show up to this formal, di- formal dinner for our anniversary randomly at, at, out of nowhere. But it was just because we were building these relationships over the course of 10 days, 12 days, and it was just such a wonderful mix of people and great conversation and wonderful times sharing that information and, and just sharing our lives and experiences. And that's what really even this, even this vlog is about is just being able to share and, and, and get all that feeling back in your body, you know, driving you to want to go and, and don't just sit in a corner and, and, and be in a ball, go and share your experiences, have those conversations with people, meet new people. You know, you don't have to necessarily see them again if you don't like them, but like, for example, maybe myself, that was what, two years ago? Something two like summers that? ago. Two summers yeah, ago. Two summers ago. And, and we're still in communication. It's just, and she's on the other side of the country. But it's like one of these things where we just, we just it's a happy coincidence and it just worked out so beautifully. Well, you know, it, the thing of it is we would, we would all gather up there for, for coffee in the morning and then everybody went and did their own thing. And then at the end of the day, we would get back and say what we did mm-hmm. and go have dinner. And then come back and and maybe stay up till midnight talking about who knows what, you know, all kinds of, it was, it was truly, I I don't know if I'll ever be able to match it. It was such a good time, but, but it was the people that, that made that trip. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. So now we're going to get back to the States. Um, So uh, did you fly American back as well? Yes. Yes. That's when I had the upgrade to. uh, That's right. Premium economy. Premium Um, economy. Better, better leg room. Oh, wider seat, better leg room, better, better everything. It was, it was great. It was really, really worth it. You know, I didn't ask you earlier, but how was the food on the flights? Was it okay? Okay. <laughs> I, it was, it was, it was okay. It was just okay. I mean, I had a really good breakfast at some point, but, um, and I, you know, a big part of my traveling to and from was the six, seven hour layovers in Miami airport, both coming and going which was, I think, a result of my poor planning in the beginning. But uh, it was okay because of, uh, you know, I found a lounge to, to chill in and I had the movies downloaded and, and striking up conversations with random people who weren't there as long as I was. <laughs> but anyway, the, the, um, the, flights, the flight back was long, but I had that premium economy, so that was great. Um, and and relatively unremarkable. My friend picked me up at the at the airport, and and, uh, and just out of curiosity, do you have global entry or do you have like the mobile? I don't. Okay. I don't. But I did have a funny episode with uh, clearing customs. <laughs> the um, the customs agent um, asked me some usual questions. What were you doing there? I went for a wedding. How was it? It was great. How much money? What'd you bring back? I said, not much. He said, what, how much money do you have? I said, about 20 bucks. <laughs> I said, but you know, I, I, I've got a cold too. I caught a cold at the wedding because I wasn't dressed well enough. And it was 80 degrees in the day and, and went down to like 40 something at night. And I wasn't dressed well enough and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then he asked me one more question and he goes, okay, you, uh, 
do you go over there and blah, blah, blah. And one of the other customs agents said to him, did you just tell that woman to go blah, blah, blah? <laughs> and I turned around, he's laughing, the other guy's laughing, and I'm laughing. So it was a, it was a fun uh, little exchange with the, with the customs guy. That's pretty nice. It's it's yeah. good when it's good when the people who are at passport control are are not overly serious. But again, you're not, you shouldn't be the one to initiate that humor. Let them be the one to initiate the humor. Well, not all of them are funny. Not all of them. No, are no, 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 not at all. That's what I'm saying to my to my students who are out there. Don't go it, there. There are even signs in some places that said no jokes beyond this point. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. it, they are very very serious. But if they're the ones who are initiating a good conversation with you. Just roll off it. I mean, uh, just like for example, on the um, on the cruise we did, the two of us did a couple of years ago. Um, I want to say we were coming back from we went from Copenhagen to I, I'm trying to remember the other location. Oslo was it? Yeah, Oslo? I, I want to say maybe the passport control in Copenhagen. The people were just oh, they were so funny. Like they saw, oh, like they saw our packages and they're like, oh, what did you bring me? Oh, that was so nice of you. Thank you so much. I'm like, no. not unless you want like this really horrible black licorice that we got. So, <laughs> other than that, it was like, oh, oh, did you get some of that salted black licorice? I had, okay. So there is something that <laughs> we, we picked it up while we were there because I don't like to think of it as a treat more as a rite of passage. I wanted to share with some of my friends and colleagues and, oh, Man, it was it was terrible. Um, but it's a delicacy over there, so it's like again, you know, just kind of pick up on those things. When you travel abroad, you're gonna find unique and interesting things that sometimes you're like, well, we don't have this in the states. Maybe there's a reason for it. I don't know. I'm just gonna give it a shot and see how it works. Some of them are winners, and some of them aren't. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I want to say, I've had I had experiences with durian. In oh. Thailand, I had experiences with pickled herring in uh, like Amsterdam, and then, of course this salted black licorice. Salted black licorice in Oslo or wherever that was. Oh, uh, dang it! It's like all it permeates the entire area there. It's terrible. So I have to tell you, that I have some. I just threw away. It was in my desk drawer all this time. I I, I wanted to get somebody to taste it, mm-hmm. and one person said they would, and then he wouldn't, and then it just stayed there and. I said, okay, now I now I can't ask anybody to taste no. it. It's so old, so I threw it away just just last week, the week yeah. before. No. Yeah. And, and it's better in the trash, in my opinion. Yeah, so yeah. There you go. All right. So now we're going to get into the post vacation information. So again, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, what are some pros that you have about this trip? What were some things that you really thought were great about it that you'd like to share with the rest of the students here? Besides the handsomest man on the planet, um, <laughs> uh, well, people were great. Every place I went, the people were, they, they were really friendly and helpful and, and great. And uh, let's see, what else? Um, I, I, I really wouldn't mind having a, a Rio vacation in the full-blown nice weather rather than too cold to go in the water. I mean, I think that if you like the beach culture, which I do, um, and I love beaches and the ocean and, and all that, so I think Rio... If you like the beach, it's probably a great place to go in our winter, their summer, um, uh, and Argentina. And I guess, of course, there's the there's the the food aspect that I didn't particularly partake of, but everybody else was 
thinks that the the meat is is and it is it is they feed it they feed their cows special food they've cultivated the whole fantastic meat thing so that's one thing but but for for me um uh that wasn't the the main reason for it but but it was a, it was a good trip i mean i, I was really I was really happy to go um any i mean we already talked about some things to kind of be aware of as far as you know just being mindful of crime and stuff like that. Were there any other things that you thought that my students should be aware of when they're trying to go there for the first time? Other than common sense things, I I don't I don't think so. Um, I, I'm always though, I, I'm 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 really big on packing light, having little, very little to to have to take care of. Mm -hmm. I know that some of the people that I've traveled with just overdo it i mean they just try and bring account for every possibility and that's that's not smart and it weighs you down um and also you know if you don't have something you can buy it there chances are and that's one of the one of the cool things about traveling is the things that you bring back with you as reminders of your trip so you know packing light and keeping it simple um being aware of your surroundings you know those are those are things to be aware of anywhere you go you also went through gate one travel. Um, is that a value savings piece that you thought would be helpful to share with the rest of the class? Or did you, like, what was your experience? Did you, did you like it? Did you not like it? I mean, what were your, what were your thoughts on that? Well, on the one hand, I don't like traveling with groups generally. <clears throat> you know, I really, I really don't like that. Um, uh, there are some times when it's preferable, like on safari in Africa or when you're going someplace, um, where you really, where the language is completely out of your realm of recognition, China, perhaps, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, I think gate one is probably a really good, a really good tour group. If you're more comfortable in groups um, and you want everything taken care of, that's a, that's a good value. It, re it really is. Um, so I, I can rec recommend them if you are a, if you're open to traveling as part of a group. Okay, cool. Well, Mame, I want to thank you so very much for doing this vlog and podcast for me. I really appreciate it. Um, for my students that are out there who are watching on YouTube, please hit the bell notification in order to get notifications of when we upload new videos. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed, and please like this. It means a lot to me. If you're listening to this on the podcast, of course, please give us a, re a favorable review. We really appreciate it. It helps the channel to grow. Again, thank you so much, Mame. And if you have any questions, students, for myself, for MAME, anything, you can send me the email directly at scott at theprofessortravel.com. I'll be more than happy to shuttle that over to MAME in case there's any additional questions you wanted to know about Brazil or Argentina. Um, but in the meantime, do make sure that every one of your adventures is a great travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.